A brief programming note for our more sensitive listeners. This episode will contain the word fuck. It will be used many times. We have decided that over the course of this election season, we will continue to use the word fuck without censoring it. Thank you for your cooperation. Please enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody. Happy last day of January 2024. It's Draft Politics. And it's EJ. And with me, as always, it's Steve. Yes, we're here. Uh, we're at Hop Butcher. For uh, the world. Haven't been here. Yes, Hop Butcher for the world. Um, we haven't been here in a little while, but it occurred to me, hey, we should get back there. Uh, it's a really good place. Uh, their beers do tend to more towards EJ's taste than mine. But holy shit, is my current beer good? We'll get to that later. Uh, we've got a whole lot on our agenda today. A whole lot of things. But uh, I, I do want to just start with this. Yes. Because people could bore, get bored pretty easily. So um, we came into Hot Butcher today. We set up, as we always do. We kind of work on our outline. We're talking about things. Um, one of the main main folks here came over to deliver a beer. And he's like, oh, wait, you're the podcast guys, right? We're like, oh, yeah, we are. It's a beer podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he bought us a round of beers. Um, yes. They're so. amazing beers. Our first, uh, our first profit in our podcast. Know, that was, Two that free was beers. It. Okay, so <laughs> on the credit side of the yes, <laughs> yes. Two free, free beers, but we really appreciate it. The beers are amazing. Um, the space, as always, is amazing. But we'll talk about uh, beers a little bit more. We've got some beer news, uh, and we've got uh, beer to talk about. But we'll start with what I should call the... Everybody have a paper bag to breathe into for the rest of the year. Election news. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, it is uh, 2024, and as a year divisible by four, that means it's going to be rough. We're going to have lots of ads, uh, but we're starting to get the shape of the election now. Granted, we all knew where it was going. Now it's slightly more confirmed. Um, so where do you want to start? Uh, New Hampshire, I feel I love like. New Hampshire. Good, yes, New, New Hampshire. Hampshire the delightful State. place. Uh, a delightful place that decided Trump uh, should be the nominee for the Republican Party there, um, beating out Nikki Haley. Uh, pretty much everybody else dropped out, right? Like, I think it was just her. I don't, yeah, I, it's, it's very strange on the Republican side because there are different candidates who are still technically on the ballot in different states because everybody went out and got, got, yeah, they got all the signatures. There, not, not really campaigning. Nikki Haley is still the only person who's campaigning not for VP. Right. Yes. So there are some, you know, Vivek is uh, campaigning for VP uh, along with uh, Lee Stefanik. But, yeah, so it was just really, how's Nikki going to do against Trump in New Hampshire? And, uh, I, you know, I had said maybe she'd win. Uh, I was kind of hope, hoping she'd win. but And I believe my prognostication was, no, she will not. And I'm right yet again. So, well, yes, I, I mean, it <laughs> uh, is true. She did not win, but she got 43 percent of the votes. Yes. And what's important is a full 35 percent of her voters said they would never vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Now, granted, she was drawing a lot from independents, from uh, Democratic voters who may have crossed over because they were bored and didn't want to do a write in vote for Biden. But, um, you know. Uh, it, it, it's not nothing. And, you know, the fact that Trump is effectively an incumbent here, that he's only getting, you know, just barely over the 50 percent mark, 
does suggest that there may be some weakness there. But uh, you will find I, out I more. She's got some delegates. That's all I have to she's say. Got some and she's staying in the race. She's continuing to stay in the race and sort of. I, I mean, she has off to Trump because she, well, she hasn't has, gotten to her home state. Right. But she could, she could drop out now. But I think it's she's got the money to run. I think she's yeah. she's content to just kind of be a thorn in Trump's side and hope that maybe between now and the convention that, you know, the the processes that are all in play with the uh, the legal uh, shenanigans and all that, that maybe she can be in the right position uh, when the uh, when the convention happens. I, I mean, that's got to be her only strategy right yeah. now. And I hope it's also to go all in on Trump being unfit, and she's already doing that, right? right? So she's come out, she's had speeches since then talking about things like, have you noticed he doesn't know who anybody is? Well, Wait. it's funny that, like, all of the candidates who are running, except for Chris Christie, were unwilling to attack Trump, including her. Mm-hmm. And then when it's down to her and Trump, it's like suddenly it's like, okay, well, I'm going to channel the full Chris Christie, <laughs> and I'm going to go after him and say he's incompetent and, and crazy and all that, which he is. He is. So she's just speaking truth, but it is interesting how she suddenly got there. Yeah. And I'm, I, well, actually, for her to go the full Chris Christie is going to take several years of dedication to large sandwiches, I think. <laughs> Possibly. 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 So, um, yeah. Here's the other thing about it. Uh, and we talked about this before. Joe Biden's campaign did not get him on the ballot in New Hampshire. Right. So, so he was right in only. Yeah. And so going back to the way this is all set up is that in South Carolina, they decided that's going to be the starting point of the primary. And so any states that want to hold their primaries or caucuses or uh, yeah. any anointing ceremonies prior to South Carolina would be excluded. And so he was not on the ballot. Uh, some of his competitors were on the ballot. So we had Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips. Marianne Williamson. That's right. That's right. So, uh, of course, he lost in New Hampshire because he was not on the ballot. Or he won 63.9% of the votes. Oh, in a well, that's interesting. Okay. So, yeah. That's not Even bad. as a write-in, he's winning there, which, you know, there was obviously an effort to organize around that. Um, and uh, credit to those people for sort of saving us that talking point of Biden lost New Hampshire right. uh, because that would just be annoying. No. That, the other uh, thing we should note, though, um, there was a time when Nikki Haley was well ahead. She was infinitely far ahead. Because oh, yeah. we all know that the town of Dixon oh, that's Notch right. votes first in 100% of the Republican Shout primary Shout out to vote. fans of the West Wing. Yeah, Dixon exactly. Notch. They went for Haley. Hey, so she should have just come out and said, stop the count, right? Right. That's fine. Right. That's fine, right? That's how, that's how, that's how democracy works. That's Once how in your favor, you, you call it. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, that's how that's playing out. Uh, DeSantis dropped out. Uh, of course, he endorsed Donald Trump because he's a weak, horrible person. And it is just astounding. Yes, that Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott have both endorsed Donald Trump after the things he said about them. Oh yeah, and just I, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be that astounding. Given, given our friend, our friend Ted Cruz's supplication. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 
<laughs> That's that was record setting that time. So, yeah. So Ron DeSantis is out. Um, so it's just Trump and Haley. Um, uh, there's no reason to think that Trump is going to lose unless he is uh, removed by a court, his own beating heart failing or whatever. Um, so well, there you go. And it's interesting if you look at the RNC, which is supposed to be neutral in this party and in, in this this race, they've already kind of, you know, people have been pushing little resolutions to make Donald Trump the presumptive nominee because the way it works is that if there's an incumbent, the national committee can work jointly with them, their campaign. Yes. If there isn't, then they can't. And so they're trying to get to that that point. And they're also just changing rules in places like Nevada where they've decided to have both a caucus and a primary election. And the prime the, the voting doesn't matter, the only the caucus matters. Yeah, and, and the thing of it Haley's is the primary is run yeah. by like a primary is always run by the state, but a caucus is run by the party and exactly. so like it's it sounds like they're rigging an election. That's what it sounds like. But, you know, what would they know about such things? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, so it's been interesting to see, like, Trump kind of becoming ever more unhinged about Haley, which kind of delights me. Not, oh you know, God, I mean, like, yes. you know, part of me always is worried for Haley because, you know, some MAGA person might take she things too far. She got in December. Yes. Um, but, you know, he, he apparently is... She's barred from the MAGA camp, which I don't know what a MAGA camp would be, but I'm pretty sure I don't want to be there. Um, the, the stakes, well done. The stakes. The ketchup, well done. Flowing. <laughs> we just throw that meat in the fire until it turns to charcoal. Exactly. Um, Crunch it up, boys. Yes. Crunch it uh, up. But, you know, Trump declared on True Social that anybody who donated to Haley would be permanently barred from the MAGA movement, which I didn't know there was, like, a membership form or something i mean i suppose like you donate i guess that qualifies I mean, you buy in right that's right the whole, well yes that's the whole and, point that's, of the grip, and that's the other sir. thing is the permanent bar if you just came up and said here's a bunch of money you'd be like cool and wouldn't care like yeah yeah no. he'd be fine no, with it no. um and he's also been blaming her for the january 6th riots what i mean this just goes to the very stable genius who could identify oh, a yes. whale yes in a picture yes. of whales but went on like a 10-minute rant confusing Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. Right. And it's very, and here's the thing. It's not like it's just like, oh, he just used the wrong name or whatever. Like, he's clearly talking about something that is clearly Nancy Pelosi, but keeps using Nikki Haley's name. Yeah. Like, well, I think it's, do you know how when you're traveling and you have that space in your brain? Yes. That yes. owns the hotel room number that you're in. Yes. Right. You're in that hotel room. It right. doesn't matter. It's untouchable. You can you can pour seven or eighteen pints of beer on it, but you always get back to your hotel room that you've seen once. You were in it for five minutes between the meetings in the day and going out at night. But you can get back to that room. Donald Trump is like that, his brain, with the current woman that he hates. Okay. So what so, happened so was... <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I disagree with the metaphor, which is why I take a photo of the room number I'm in just in case. I'm just like... Especially if I'm traveling too much and it's like, uh, wait, was that 401 or 104? It's in that spot in the brain. But you, but he only you are... But you've been on Jeopardy. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you hey know now. things. Hey, now. <laughs> Not a place to disclose those truths. <laughs> 
But I think he can only have one woman that he's supposed to hate in his brain at a time. And well, I think it's a, there is the archetypical woman. Like he can label it whatever he wants at any given point, sure. but he's just mad at a woman. Whatever that whatever the label is now, it could be Eugene Carroll, could be Hillary Clinton, could be uh, Nikki Haley. Some, some amalgam of all four. It's probably his mom. It's probably, it's probably his mom his deep mom. down. Anyhow, or Marla uh, Maples. No. So that's uh, most of what the craziness is with Trump. I'm sure we'll find more along the way. How's how's things in Arizona? It's always good to check in on Arizona around election time. Uh, anything exciting going on in there? Uh, I heard Carrie Lake is, uh, <laughs> is this Carrie got, Lake? A, got a campaign going. What's going on with that? I mean, Carrie Lake running for Senate. Um, and the Senate race there is very interesting because we have our uh, erstwhile subject of a segment what the fuck are you doing, Kirsten Cinema? Kirsten Cinema running as an independent, uh, really, just as a shill. Yes. Um, you've got a Democrat. You've got the the open Democratic primary because she's not running in in the Democratic primary, and you've got the Republican primary, which has kind of been dominated by Carrie Lake, who you may remember lost the her bid for governor. And is still super crazy about it. Has filed tons of lawsuits, et cetera, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So we got a recording of her having a conversation with a uh, an Arizona GOP chair named Jeff DeWitt. Yes. Which was essentially saying, look, bitch, you crazy. Could we give you some money to go away? Well, and, and the thing that's interesting about the recording is it's all like, you know, people back east. It's like very vague terms about who this guy's talking about. And I have to say, like, my spidey sense tingles at this whole thing. Oh, yeah. That, like, this is all a, like, yeah, you could, you could say, all right, she recorded it and whatever. But, like, it almost reads as she's trying to boost her election campaign by suggesting there's some deep state conspiracy against oh, her man, love that and her state. campaign. So, uh, yeah, so those, those big people in the East who are willing to pay her to not run. Uh, but they know she can't win as well. Like, I, right. I mean, just, like, how do you run a candidate in essentially the same, the same election. Yes. There's no difference between a Senate election and a gubernatorial election. Yes. And expect them to win when she's just gotten crazier. Right? So super crazy. I mean, her only hope, actually, is that Kirsten Sinema goes through the, you know, and actually runs and is on the ballot and pulls votes away from the Democrat. Um, so... And here, but the, here's the thing about Kirsten Cinema: she's got no money. Nobody's donating to her campaign because everybody hates her because of that yellow dress, presumably. But also, she's running as an independent, so that means a lot of these sort of standard Democratic Party donors aren't yeah. going to touch her with a ten foot pole. Uh, so yeah, she's um, screwed. I'm getting a seltzer. No, I'm good. I was just looking. Because it sounded really good. And it feels like it's off-brand for us, but I'm still getting it. So, suck it. It's okay. It is okay. Um, 
So that's uh, election stuff. Do you want to talk about what's going on with Congress? Well, maybe? I just, I just, just. Oh, a no, sorry. A note about Am I moving polls? on too quick? Got well, distracted by my beer order. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I did a little bit, but the we are going to be deluged with polls from here until the end of the election. And then some. And then some. and Because then we got exit polls, which technically yeah. happen like, at the end of the like It's sure. not even after. I don't know. It's going to be a lot, It's going to be brutal, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's going to be brutal. I mean, like, today we got polls that said Joe Biden is losing by six points in all of the swing states and winning by six points nationally. Right. Right. Just got to ignore it. You just got to ignore it. Yep. And you got to focus on the work. Try to keep your head up. Focus on the work. Yeah. And, and the thing I think that's important to take away from all of that is that um, the election hasn't really started yet. Like, we're still, like, waiting for the Republican primary to play out, which has largely happened. But... A smart political campaign isn't really going to start digging into its messaging real deeply until we get close to the election. You don't want to, like, you know, look at look what happened with Hillary Clinton in 2016 where, you know, she had Trump again up against the ropes until, like, the last couple of weeks of the election when the when different messages came out and, yeah. and hurt her. So, you know, I think it's it, clear that she was unelectable because there was possibly an FBI investigation into an email server. Right. 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 Butter emails. Hmm. <laughs> it feels like, you know, when Joseph Stalin said, a death is a tragedy, a massacre is a statistic. EJ has lost his mind and gone complete communist. Go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. This is what this feels like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, one partial investigation is disqualifying. Right. 91 counts of felony indictment. Is a statistic. It's fine, man. It's all a deep state, man. Yeah, just put it on the. You know, this is this is the thing that's really shifted my thinking on politics in the last few years. Is just how much the human mind's ability to rationalize things is just overwhelming. Like you can logic all you want. If somebody believes a thing and they are emotionally committed to that thing. It does not matter. They not, will not find a way to alter their opinion to fit that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I mean, I haven't liked IPAs in years, but I keep drinking them. I just tell myself. I keep liking That's them. That's right. I don't want to see through them. We I have like always been at war with IPAs. Exactly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's a 1984 reference. Yes. Well, we'll soon be doing the five minutes drinking beer. Go on. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Back to Airship what, One. What are we talking about? So <laughs> Congress, which seems to be two things, impeachment of Palooza. Yes. And... We're gonna, we're gonna not try to solve any problems. That Those sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think yeah. that's it. So on the impeachment, so, yeah. we have all of the things, and and the Hunter Biden situation is very interesting, right? So you've got the special prosecutor David Weiss, um, and then you've got Hunter Biden somehow tied into this impeach, impeachment investigation of uh, Joe Biden. And in theory, they're separate, but in practice, they seem very connected in a very suspicious way. Yes. Right. So on the Congress side, they keep bringing in Hunter Biden's associates and asking them questions like, so when was it? 
that you bought Hunter Biden's terrible art and he promised that Joe Biden was going to give you millions of dollars. It's like, I've never met Joe Biden. I bought the art because the guy needed help. Okay. So when was it that you met Joe Biden? Never met him. Right. But so, if you did, yeah. and you did, when did you meet him? Right. But I didn't. So like they keep bringing in people to say there's nothing here, right? which is amazing. And then at the same time, you've got this investigation by the special counsel. And they indicted, they indicted Hunter Biden on a number of charges. And then we found out that they didn't get the search warrants for the evidence that they were indicting him on until 81 days after the indictment. I don't know how the law works. I've been waiting. I was going back through all the laws and orders to find the one where you don't have to get the evidence until yes. after the indictment. Yes. I've yet to find that one. Yeah, and, and, I, and for, for the people who are listening on the podcast instead of watching our video live stream that doesn't exist, I, I want to let you know that uh, in that brief dramatic pause you heard there, that was me looking very confused at EJ. It was. It was um, good confusing. So dude. now you're caught up um, and yeah. you know, tune into our live stream that doesn't exist as we try to monetize the podcast. But we don't have to because we got free beers. That's Move true. On. We did. We did have free beers. So it's just very shady and... And sloppy at best, right? And yes. Here's the other thing. When you do a search warrant, right, there's a search warrant. You're going to go take some some stuff. And then you return it back to the person, and there has to be a document that says, I've returned it back to the person. Right. Makes so sense. So this search warrant, which was unsealed based on a request from a journalist, uh, the empty wheel on, on yes, Twitter. Awesome, awesome writer, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, the return form was signed by the FBI agent... The day that they unsealed the warrant. Yeah. Good yeah. follow through. Yeah. Good right. follow through. Uh, yeah. Nothing shallow nothing state. Here. Uh-huh. Shallow, yep. shallow state. And, of course, now we have articles of impeachment against uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas for failing to secure the border. And you're not going to believe this. When questioned for actual details, the Repub- Republicans who bought it to the floor said, well, we're going to work on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we're getting a funding deal. We're you know, maybe here's the thing. Maybe what's going on is that your expectation about how time space works is actually wrong. And, uh, and if you can think in terms of three-dimensional time, this all actually works out correctly because causality mm. is not directly related to... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, that's our that's our weed podcast. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's true. Time is flat circle. We're turning cans into animals. It's amazing. <laughs> Going on. The uh, other interesting thing here is that they're trying to get a funding bill through. We got to fund Israel, I guess. We got to fund the Ukraine. Yes, absolutely. We've got to. You know, honestly, figure out what's happening at the southern border. And it's not in a good state. It's not the, the crisis, I think, that Republicans make it out to be. But still, there are solutions to be found for all three of these. And in, in a very U.S. government way, they're trying to pull different people together to find some kind of solution. And it's happening in the Senate. Yes. And then at the same time, you've got Republicans saying, we've the border... 
is the biggest national security threat to the United States. And we're like, great, let's fix it. And Trump's like, why would we fix that and give Joe Biden a win? Right. So Mike Johnson is like, hey, uh, I don't want to fix that. This is what drives me so insane. I mean, of amongst other things, but like that, like he clearly is trying to sabotage a deal that would theoretically address the border in a way that I will say I almost certainly object to. Um, yes, and and he is stopping that. The nom- nominal reason why he even got elected president in the first place, he is trying to unwind that purely for his own benefit, and yet. Nobody who is a Trump voter will ever care. And and here's the thing. They won't get this deal again. This is this is the most leverage the right. Republicans right. have on if, this if issue. If Trump won and there was a Republican a narrowly Republican Senate and a narrowly Republican House in you know in twenty twenty five, yeah. First of all, we'd be fucked. But second of all, oh. <laughs> Our first fuck of the night. Let me mark that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you may note at this point that was not the first. And then that was the second of fuck the of the night. night. Oh, was that? Oh, did I miss a fuck earlier? So there's going to be one. There's a lot of fucks here. Yeah, it's going to be a the bonus. Butt. All right. <laughs> uh, I think that's funny right now. When I'm editing this podcast, I'm going to be like, why did I keep doing that? But I don't know why you do it anyway. That's right. Leave them in, I say. Our listener in Norway would really appreciate it. But isn't it funny when I bleep them out? I think I should just put in a duck quacking instead. I think that's great. I might shift that. I might shift that. Um, anyhow, uh, I just got totally distracted by that. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. So Trump border border plan. He's a jerk. That's all you really need Nothing, to know. Yeah. It's never Basically, about solving yeah. the problem, right? Uh, you know, like what we really need is like there and there is some stuff in there that would actually probably be helpful is in terms of like paying for the the judicial support we need to sure deal with a wave of, of all of asylum the, seekers. Right. Like the like the problem is not like if a bunch of people are seeking asylum, like that in itself is not a problem. The problem is the the the, the pig in the pipeline. Pig in the python. Right. Pig in the python. That's what I'm looking for. Pig in a pipeline. Uh, That's the build in the pipeline. Right. <laughs> Thanks, GitHub. Is is trying to deal with all of that, right? And saying, okay, this person can stay, and now they are fully legitimate and can work, and everything's fine. Or this person cannot stay because we have not adjudicated it in their favor, sure. and they go back to wherever they came from. So, anyhow, uh, that ain't going to happen. So, uh, well, I we mean, again, we'll see. It's like... I, I, Mike Johnson is is really really out of his league, so so on one I think he's being squished between uh, the rapists on one side, that's Matt Gates and Donald Trump. Oh yes, and come at me, bro. If you're gonna not you, but Matt Gates and Donald Trump, and you're listening to this, and you're like, yes. hey, to defend us. To be clear, that was that was EJ who said that. <laughs> yeah, I have exactly. nothing to do with this. Thanks, EJ. Anyway, the uh, and. <laughs> And honestly, the Senate leadership on the other, who wants to get something done? Like, I, I never want to agree with people like Mitch McConnell or actually any of the Republican senators, but they want to get something passed. Yes. Right? They want to get something passed. Republican state organizations are censoring or censoring their senators for having conversations about getting something passed. They want to get it done. 
And right now, the majority of the Republicans in the House is how many votes? Uh, not much. Two. Yeah. As I say, it's two. One? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's uh, so something fairly narrow. still could happen. Um, and one of the things that had been in there for a while, and this is really a thing for us Illinoisans, was a change to the SALT tax. So it's essentially there's a cap. The, the Trump tax cuts punished blue states with high property taxes by putting a cap on how much you could claim against your federal taxes. Right. And that was, that was one of the things that was going in this bill. It's yes. so may end up. Look, look, I, I'm pretty liberal, but I, I'm American, and so I don't want to pay taxes. So if I can pay less taxes, I want to. Anyway. Let's move on to the fun world of legal yes. everything. Uh, yeah, so uh, Trump's lawyer, uh, Joseph Taco Pina, <laughs> uh, has dropped him as a client. Yeah, and this was, so, I don't know if you've seen Joe Takapina on TV, but this guy, if you met this guy, you'd be like, you're either a mobster or an attorney from New York. I mean, he's a big dude. He has probably, he probably pays somebody to work on his New York accent. So is he, is he more of a... Criminal lawyer yeah. rather than a criminal a cr- lawyer. <laughs> I, no, he's, you know, by all accounts, very well respected. Okay. And so he's why? represented Trump. I was going to say, why is he working for Trump? Yeah, well, he's not anymore, so there's that. <laughs> and he, he left, and in an interview, he's like, I had to follow my compass, were his words. Follow yeah. my compass. And what's funny about this, the Tacopina compass. Yeah, it actually tells you that Trump's just out of lawyers, right? He's paid a couple of lawyers like Chris Keiss to essentially form their own firms so that they can work for him. And, and look, there are, he's got a couple of good attorneys working for him by all accounts, not that I'm an attorney. But I listen to other great law podcasts uh, that you should listen to. Um, I, I recommend the Jack podcast. I recommend Clean Up on Aisle 5. Both very, very good. Um, so he's got some good attorneys, but a lot of the the rest are kind of bottom of the barrel. And yeah. we saw that now with Alina Haba, who was representing him in the penalty phase of this E. Jean Carroll trial yes. that just happened. Yes. Um, a, a, so if you've been following this, there was the previous uh, uh, fine that was levied against Trump in this case, of around $5 million, if I remember yeah, correctly. 5.3, 5.5. Sure, sure. Uh, this new one is $83 million, right. which is and these are a separate substantial cases. amount of money. So it's both defamation. Yes. So the, the thing here was um, Trump defamed her before or during his presidency and afterwards. Yes. And so there were two cases filed. And the second case filed was about after his presidency for defamation and also that he sexually abused her. Yes. And so that case ended up going first because the Justice Department had been sort of representing him in the first case, which is pretty much a, a death sentence for the case itself. Yes. 
And that second case went through. A jury found that he had sexually abused her and awarded her $5 million. Yes. That case was principally lawyered by Joe Takapinas. Uh, Takapina. Yes. Yes. Takapina. Right, right, right. right. Um, The second case, so when they got to the second case, it wasn't a question of whether or not he had sexually abused her. Right, because that was settled by a jury, and according to the Seventh Amendment to the Constitution, once a jury has adjudicated something, that is settled, and you can't re-adjudicate it. So the judge basically said, that is established. We don't need to re-establish that. Let's just talk about what is is at cost. It's a concept called estoppel, evidently. So Alina Haba goes in there. She evidently had never been in a federal court. Because she didn't know what she was doing. Shock. And and by all accounts, again, not she a She is no taco peanut. No, she's no taco penis. And how she got up in the morning and dragged her ass into that court to be humiliated by the judge when he's like, hey, look, um, we're going to pause court right now. And we're going to send the jury away, maybe to have lunch, a couple of beers. And Alina Haba, I need you to go review the rules about how to enter evidence into court. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to go back to year one law school, Alina, for the next two hours. Like, go go, go prompt uh, ChatGPT to give you an answer here. Like, like it's not... uh, I I mean, it's just really... (sighs) It Both re- sad and satisfying. It remains striking to me how many people are willing to align themselves to Trump. In spite of the fact that it always ends badly for them. Right. They always end up being publicly humiliated. And he will, he will absolutely turn against her if he hasn't already done it. Well, he's said he's unhappy with his representation. All he's right. looking for new lawyers. Good luck. Halfway there. Yeah, Halfway exactly. There. I assure you that whatever lawyers are are representing him in the appeal uh, also have ads on, like, bus stop benches. Yes. That is the kind of level he is at. Um, so, yes, he was the, the jury came back. I don't know. Back. Honestly, those people are probably overqualified for him, but, you know. The jury came back with a, with, uh, a total of $83.3 million. And most of that was punitive damages. And he said he's going to appeal, but um, I guess the rule of thumb is, you know, if you're at three to four times the the sort of statutory damages for the punitive damages, you're going to be fine. Um, And he's got to post that. He's got to post $83 million. So he has to either put up that money, and I assume like some sort of escrow account pending appeal, yeah. Or he has to f- pay for a bond, which would then guarantee that money, but then he has some fees and whatever else he has right. to do for that. And um, he has to or, find somebody willing to do that. Or he could do literally nothing, in which case then Eugene Carroll and her attorneys could try to go after his assets, dock his wages, I assume, if he has wages as such. Um, but, you know, she could go after Mar-a-Lago, for example. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a delight? It would be beautiful. 
Um, and and one of the things that we're seeing, you know what I want. You know what I want. Here's what I want. I want her to take the Trump Tower in Chicago. Now, technically, it isn't his tower. It just has his name on it, which I still don't understand. But I want I want his name off of that tower. Yeah. I will. I will. I I know someday that will happen. It's really unless, painful, unless it becomes it? our forever dictator lord. But uh, but when that day comes. I will I will weep tears of joy. Anyhow. <laughs> so that's uh, most of our legal news. Do we got anything we missed that's critically important? I don't know. I, so. I just, you know, the only other oh. thing that I want to. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the only other thing that I feel like is important to kind of talk about, um, maybe just quickly touching on it, um, Peter Navarro, okay. a former Trump ca- cabinet member, was sentenced to four months in prison. <laughs> For contempt of Congress. Yes. Sad, man. So sad. So so sad. Here, Remember let me, all those let me, let me, let me weep audibly for a moment. Okay. Um, all I heard were crickets. I did want to bring up uh, Eugene Smith uh, real quick. This is not specifically politics, but a politics adjacent. Is it, uh, There was a man, uh, Eugene Smith, who was executed in Alabama... Uh, using n- suffocation by nitrogen. It was an untested means of execution. Uh, and he was put to death after a judge overruled a jury. So a jury said, guilty, but don't put him to death. Right. And the judge overruled them and said, we're going to kill him anyhow. And Alabama was so intent on finding a way to execute him because the drugs that they would nominally use for that aren't available anymore. Sure. They decided to try suffocating with nitrogen. And so it sort of fits into that the cruelty is the point uh, kind of uh, vibe of Republican politics. So, yeah, that's that's terrible. It Great. is terrible. Glad and I could bring up the uh, yeah. everybody feeling good, everybody happy, having some fun. Good. I mean, uh, I can't believe the death penalty is still a thing. If I'm honest. I know. Uh, I know. It just doesn't. Uh, so let's move on from that. Do you want to talk about how our AI overlords are going to destroy us all? I think I do. Okay. All right. All right. I think I do. Let's try it. Um, so this is like the first foray into deep fakes. Yeah. The, the, the 2024 is just going to be a hot mess, people. Just accept this now. Biden's voice was cloned by an AI and used in robocalls. And you should um, hear it. It's terrible it's it's it sounds like him but it's like got weird breaks and it's it doesn't like you hear it but it's also a robocall so you don't expect it to sound all that real anyhow Uh, um so yeah so uh, it sounds like apparently like 11 labs was the company that that likely produced it i mean they're no, it's not like they said, hey, we're going to make a deep, deep fake of Biden, but they provided the tools that somebody used to do that. So, um, anyhow. Huh. Uh, it's good. And be prepared for this all year. Yeah, because okay. somebody is going to spend some real money on doing some real solid fakery. And, and, and here's the thing. is It's not even that that stuff will be convincing. It's that it's going to set the overall theme, the overall sense of things that – Oh well, all of this is fake. Even the real, actual, real things are also yes. fake, and that's and that, that is a that is it key thing with fascism is, is trying to convince people of like nothing is real, and therefore everything I say can be real. Right? No, that's a. <laughs> let's repeat that. 
Nothing is real, so anything I say can be real. Yes. And it gives people yes. justification for believing crazy shit. That's right. Right? <sighs> okay. We have in the, the thing to talk about Texas in the border and all of a sudden Texas saying, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't really want to talk about this, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how much we need to talk about Greg Abbott just saying... We don't care if people die. We don't care if people cross in the, grand, the Rio Grande, drown to death. We're going to stop people from doing it. If the Supreme Court says we shouldn't, then we should secede. Yeah, it's, I think it's just part of an evolving thing of, like, I think what makes me anxious about this is that, you know, you've got 25 Republican governors who are signing on to this, like, this is, this is okay. Um, and there's sort of just this just unraveling of... A common interest in institutions and the way that we operate and how these things should work and that when the Supreme Court says a thing that that means that thing is a true thing and I yeah at some level like how do we not get to a point where we have a common view on who adjudicates the truth right like if you don't then anything somebody says could be the truth well, and I think, you know, to some extent, it's like it's been it's been a while since we've seen the, the eventual consequences of this kind of thinking. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, like, you know, eventually, yeah. if you don't have those respect for those, like all of those things are set up as a way to have us negotiate our conflicts and work those things right. out in a peaceful yeah, exactly. way. But if ultimately those things are unraveled, the alternative is n- not a peaceful way. And uh Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to 2024. That's all I'm saying, I guess is what I'm saying. So. Yeah, yeah, good times. Uh, if anybody wants to teach us how to sleep through 2024, that'd be great. Yeah. You could, while yeah. I'm asleep, if you could use my brain power to help the right people get elected, also good. Can it be like that thing where I hook up my computer and it, like, solves, like, yeah, yeah. gene things or yeah, whatever, I love it. DNA? I love it. I don't like know the, it does, like the SETI project. Yes, yes, the SETI project. Yes, we're going to find alien life with my, my comatose brain while I sleep through 2024. Uh, that sounds great, actually. That sounds like that sounds like a lot of fun. I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I, for one, welcome our AI overlords yeah. if I can sleep through it. Exactly. Um, on a similar note, Oklahoma has a bill that somebody authored proposing to classify Hispanic people who engage in any sort of gang-related violence as terrorists. And it was specifically Hispanic people. Like, okay. Like you're not even you're not even pretending anymore. Okay. Ah. Uh, and, and that kind of leads us into the uh, <laughs> what my new segment is. What the fuck is wrong with people? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know what? I don't care about bleeping anymore. Yeah. There you, you go. Know there I've you decided go, man. Given in. Thank you. you know Nine point six percent here. Twenty twenty four. You're the fuck on our podcast. No longer bleeping. <laughs> it saves me a lot of hassle in my edits and and B. I think this year deserves it. So, yeah, I think this year yeah. does deserve it. Yes. 2024, the year of the non-bleeped fucks. That's right. That's right. So uh, what what the fuck is wrong with people, EJ? Well, lots of things are wrong with people. I mean, not just the people in Oklahoma uh, with that bill. Not just the people in Florida who uh, tried to pass a bill to give any Floridian running for president $6 million towards their legal fund. <laughs> But new polling that came out that said 
20% of people 18 to 29 believe that the Holocaust is a myth. Yeah. Well, you and know, like, yeah. and, and another 20% believe that the Holocaust was exaggerated. Yeah. Wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. I, and I don't know which one is worth. Which one do you think is worse? That some people believe it's a myth or people believe it's exaggerated? I think the myth, just because you're really committing to the concept of it. Uh, but I don't think either of them is uh, is good. Um, but I think, like, like, I feel like this kind of ties into some of what I was getting at in my, my previous ranting. Um, is that I feel like we're getting away from a connection to our history on a lot of these things. On yeah. what happens when you let things unravel when you don't have these institutions when you start pretending that violent horrible things that we did didn't actually happen yeah and and if it's the holocaust if it's january 6th if it's civil war if it's slavery like all of those things yeah and those those governors a lot of the governors that were sort of you know supporting greg abbott were using originalist confederate arguments Yes. As the support. And, and and let's be clear. The reason that people will push to unravel these things is so they can do them again. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, but let me lighten it up. Oh, please. In the second part of <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people. Because I don't have a strong enough beer to keep going that way. There's always a stronger beer. And we'll talk about the beer after we talk about MAGA versus the Swifties. Like, uh. <laughs> like I can't. I so so I grew up. I grew up in the Detroit area, but a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yes, I can't imagine getting through this last weekend and saying, "You know what happened here? The NFL wants Taylor Swift to be at the Super Bowl, right? So she can endorse Joe Biden." Yes. Yeah. So basically, so so the way this will play out is that that there will be Travis Kelsey holding Taylor Swift aloft in the air, and she will say, and they will say, "You just won the Super Bowl. What are you doing next?" And they will shout out together, "We're voting for Joe Biden." Right. That's what's going to happen. I think so. Or Paid for by Biden for president. Yeah. Exactly. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Honestly, if he did that, I would be like, that's kind of amazing. Oh, that would be pretty baller. <laughs> that's not going to happen, right? Right. right. I mean... It, it, My prediction is that Travis Kelsey, if they win, proposes to Taylor Swift on the field after the game. Wow, that would be... That'd be that would be, that'd be big. It's going to be that'd in be Vegas. Big. They could get married right down they, the street. Like, Elvis could show up on the field at, at, at the end of the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. It could be the first marriage at. I. This is this it's is this, too good this not is to have a better conspiracy. Uh, it is a better conspiracy. Like, no, no, no. Like, like that's that's fun. We're having fun. Not to, it's well, not. It's a psyop by the and, Pentagon and like, to make the make the Chiefs like, win the Super Bowl so that she has a so that so that let's 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 pause this for a moment so that Taylor Swift has a larger platform. To get her message out about right. Joe Biden, have you? She made a. I don't. I 
don't know if she made a billion dollars, but a billion dollars was made on her last tour. Oh, yeah. And this was one of the best. This is one of my favorite conservative takes. This is from Nick Adams, the British guy. Yeah. Um, The British guy who... The king? Uh, Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Well, he's just a terrible We have one of those again. It's weird. Anyhow, go on. He said, essentially, because this is how he thinks, Taylor Swift is not interested in Travis Kelsey because he's a human, because he's a nice guy or whatever. But did you realize that he made $70,000? And that's by winning the playoff game, and that's why she's interested in him. (laughs) Seventy. By the way, thousand dollars. But the real conspiracy, as we all know, is Jason Kelsey. Because if anybody is going to get that message out to the football-loving fans of America, it is Jason Kelly. Kelsey. He's going to have his vote Biden on his beer belly. Out and like, and I am here for it. Although I would have been yes. here for the Lions yes. making it to the Super yes. Bowl, I've got to say that was. Sad. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, as a as a Broncos fan, I was going to say am, as a Broncos I'm fan, I'm not here for how do you any console of this me on shit, that? But uh, but I will say, Jason Kelsey out in the cold at a Bills game, I was like, all right, Heartless. all right, I'm kind of on board with that. And, um, and let's be clear, there's no place in the NFL where they want Kansas City, a mid market team. To be in the Super Bowl, but that's why they got Taylor Swift involved. I'm honestly, I'm surprised we didn't get into the Taylor Swift versus uh, uh, the Nancy Slim Shady. Uh, I mean, th- I mean, really, the, the rap Taylor battle post game would have been delightful. Would have been amazing. Uh, would have been amazing. So let's take a beer break. Let's take let's a beer break. Beer. Let's do a let's break. Let's talk about beer. Let's talk about beer. Uh, so we're at Hot Butcher for the world. We're at Hot Butcher, and maybe this for, is your first wait, time listening for to the us. world, right? Which yes. is a reference to the Ryan Sandberg, Carl Sandberg, not Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> Ryan Sandberg was a pitcher for the Cubs. <laughs> Carl Sandberg, Carl Sandberg, not as poet. good of a pitcher. Not as a, uh, better writer. No idea. Better writer. Well, he was good fastball. Actually, I don't know. I don't know how much his of a breaking writer, stuff was. It was not very good. That was his right. problem. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why uh, I never good, made the majors. Good fastball. Uh, good uh, two seamer, but like he just couldn't. Like maybe a closer in the yeah, minors. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. really. His gonna... cutter was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was a righty. Really not good for the baseball of his game. Tough break day. for him. But so we're in. We're in the. <laughs> we're in this amazing tap room. Which is on Lincoln. It's where Half Acre used to be. I'll, I, I will tell you that this is a place I try to come once every week or two, swing in for a single beer because there's so much good stuff around here. It's a very you know high test. Lots of IPAs, some seltzers. Um, they know what they do well, and they just knock it out of the fucking park. Yeah. And like they, I think a lot of their beers, like I mean, they they have a hoppiness, but there's also a lot of creaminess in their beers, and they do that really yeah. well. Um, my first beer was a play on their uh, their orange beer. It's like yeah. a it's a double blazed orange milkshake. Yes, what you got? So you got the orange blazed IPA as their standard one, and they got the double milkshake version, which is a higher octane value. And thus, please thank them for the quality of this podcast. Uh, it's amazing. And then I followed that up with a seltzer. 
and it is a blueberry pie seltzer. It has blueberries. It's supposed to have kind of a graham cracker crust vibe to it. It is really goddamn good. I'm like, a lot of seltzers are basically like a slightly more favorable LaCroix that gets you drunk. This has like a lot more going on in it, and I'm very, I was not sure if I want to bring a seltzer into a beer podcast, but I'm like, I think I, I, think I made the right choice. But, and here's the thing. You know, so like, oh, seltzer. It's like a, what's that, like a 2.5%? Yeah, no, six and a half. Six, six and a half so. percent seltzer. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, come to Hop Butcher, but take an Uber. And butcher some hops. Yes. Really amazing stuff. Yeah, not not much in the way of lighter beers on their menu. No, and, and I've had... I, I, for whatever reason, I've had a lot of shopping to do around here recently. I've been here a bunch. Um, I started with this Rawakamania, uh the 8th, which is a hazy IPA, and it is so good. Um, I, you know, a couple of unique hops, and this is the thing that they do really well here, is they use different hops than anybody else in the city. So when we're here, we're not just getting Citra... And uh, Simcoe, you know, like they are pulling in hops from everywhere. And that's really what makes it different. So they do a lot of IPAs, but the hops are all different. They've got really good flavors. Um, If I look down the menu, just, you know, in a quick scan, I'm seeing nine different varietals of hops yeah and these guys aren't like cool. trying to like you know burn your taste buds out with you know it tastes like you're licking a shag carpet super bitter like this is like a lot of like flavorful combinations yeah. so it's really well done as somebody who is not an ipa fan this is where i come to drink ipas yeah no and it and it's great the people are great as we said before uh they gave us a beer and not saying that that right and that that's not why I'm giving them a review because yeah. I'd be doing that anyhow. Especially but after also, thank you for the free beer. A nine and a half percent beer. But um, also, let's talk about beer news for a moment. Oh yes, please. Um, so yeah. the other thing is we mentioned it before. Uh, Ravinia Brewing, a place we've been to a few times. Uh, they've got two locations up, sort of North Shore and one on Diversity. If you're in the Chicago region, um, it's a smaller brewery. And they share a name with both a neighborhood in Highland Park, Illinois, which you may have heard of for uh, unfortunate reasons and and really tragic reasons, um, but also the Ravinia Festival, which is an outdoor music area. They are currently going through uh, a legal process where they're being sued for copyright infringement for the name Ravinia. Trademark infringement. Trademark, sorry. Thank you. It's a very... It's a very tough situation. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm huge fans of theirs. Um, my own experiences there have been 100% positive. The beer is really good. Yes. Um, that space. The taco's on, also good. Oh, man, the tacos are amazing. Um, I, I would encourage everybody to kind of take a look. Just, you know, Google Ravinia Brewing and GoFundMe. They're trying to raise money for their legal yes, defense fund. Yes. Um, and for the record, I have never, to my recollection, had good tacos at Ravinia Festival. So I feel like that distinguishes them true. in a way that I, should protect I, they them. They both should exist. 
right, their it's, own right. It's, it's all Nobody's stupid. ever going to con- confuse some, anybody. Some lawyers trying to get some money. Like I don't know. I, I have I have thoughts. I have I, judgments. I, you know, and uh, I've heard all kinds of other. Don't sue me, please. Sort of <laughs> things about it, and I, I'm just gonna kind of I'm gonna go with my gut and say, I want them to succeed. 100. percent Yeah, and there we go. There's so, up here news. Uh, that moves us on to international news. I think we're going to kind of lightning around this, uh, just cover the, the highlights. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the fighting in Israel continues. Um, a notable thing is that a, a U.N. court, or not U.N., it's the International Court of Justice uh, made a preliminary ruling on genocide. Now, they did not say that a genocide is happening, but they made several orders um, for Israel that they said they need to stick to as part of that adjudication process. Now, there will be a, a full trial to happen later. This is more of a an indictment slash yeah. um, um, and, and then, of injunction. course, what happened afterwards was a bunch of people dropped their funding from it, right? Yes. So uh, a big thing here is the, the way the vote went, there are 17 judges. Um, they all serve from different countries. They're all appointed on five-year terms. It was a 15 to 2 vote in front of in, on most of these findings. Some were, uh, there was one that was 17 to 0, but most of them yeah. were around 15 to 2. The judge from Uganda and Israel were the ones who tended to object to it. Uh, but there are a few orders that have been placed on, on Israel. Now, while they did not order a ceasefire, and there's technical reasons for that, but basically they did order them to take measures to prevent possible acts of genocide against Palestinians in Gaza. They ordered them to uh, allow more humanitarian aid into Gaza. Um, and uh, Israel has to report back within a month detailing actions taken to comply with the order. Um, when you say has to, what do you mean? Well, and, and this is the thing, right? This is a, you know, it's a UN-appointed body. Ultimately, if the ICGA finds against Israel and at the end of all of this, it is the up to the Security Council to take action. And so it's hard to say how this process would actually turn into anything that was uh, against Israel, that, that was like that had some you know, yeah, actual actions that took place. Um, but it is the first time we've seen somebody you know in sort of a neutral, overseeing this situation, making a ruling on it. And the fact that it was like a lot of the people who were experts on it were saying it's it it may not go it may go against Israel, it may go for them, but it was going to be a very narrow majority. Whereas we see you know overwhelmingly that that vote went against Israel. Um, a thing that happened shortly after this is um, Israel released uh, allegations that a dozen of the people who were working for yeah. the United Nations Relief and Works Agency uh, were participants in the Hamas-led attacks on October 7th. Um, and so it's unclear if that's directly related to the findings, but it happened just after that, so it's an interesting coincidence of timing. They've long had some issues with that agency, um, but... Just for some perspective, 12 people were alleged to have participated in it, but there are 13,000 people that are working as part of the agency to provide relief and aid uh, inside, of, uh, inside of Gaza. So um, that's the quick bullet points on Israel. Yeah, Any thoughts, it, EJ, as it, I have it, just said thoughts, a lot of things? And I, I love that we brought up that last point because what's really striking me about this is two things. One is that it is being pushed as a binary choice. You can support 
the people of Israel or you can support Hamas, but you can't somehow support peace or recognize bad things happening to lots of people. That's one. Two is that this weird media war about it. Like, like driving into the city, if you came into the city of Chicago from Indiana, my home state, or my birth state, you come Indiana? in. Indiana? Yeah. I thought you were from Michigan. Grew up in Michigan. Oh. Many things you're learning about. Learning new things, everybody. So, uh, natural born Hoosier. So, coming up into Chicago, there are billboards advocating for the Israeli hostages or the Palestinian people. Yes. And that is wild to me. Like, there are the, the vast, vast majority of the people who have been injured or killed in this war have nothing to do with the actions on the seven, right? Like, 100%. this is... This <laughs> but here we have ads. People are placing ads like, what, what are we as citizens driving on the fucking Kennedy? Going to look up and see, like... Yeah, that billboard is telling me we should bring the hostages home. And that's all it says. Right. Huh? I guess I'm going to call. Who am I going to call? Like, I it, it, is, it just blows my mind. I don't think it Ghostbusters helps my mind. Uh, and Trying and to lighten I, it up. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's not, it's not as if yeah. I don't understand or hear. Like, it's bad. It is bad for a lot of people. Yes. What happened, what Hamas did, inexcusable, right? Like, what's happening to kids and, you know, non-combatants in, in Gaza, I think, all, also could also be inexcusable, inexcusable right? Like, right. Why is it so bad to say, like, hey, guys, it's a lot of people doing bad stuff. Can we stop doing bad stuff? And I'm against stuff. the bad stuff. Yes. Not some people because yeah. they share last names or geographies or, you know, affiliations with other folks. Like, it just, no. it, it's, it, it, it is shocking to me just the way that the messaging is turned yeah. On it. Um, and we'll talk about this when we get to Chicago because it hits home. Yes. Right? Yes, it does. Uh, so that's that topic uh, that leaves us bummed out, and which is why we don't often talk about it. But let's talk about the chainsaw. Is the chainsaw the axe? The, what's the Argentina guy? Oh, oh yeah. He's the chainsaw. He's the chainsaw. That's right. Javier um, Mele. Yes, Javier Mele. Uh, facing a general strike called by Argentina's biggest union. Uh, Argentinian court overturned some labor regulations that he was trying to put in place. Uh, the unions are a little pissed at him. <laughs> I, I, I don't really understand shocking. why. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's because he's like, unions are terrible. 
Yeah. So I'm going to privatize every business. Keep an eye on this one. Like this just started like today, I believe. So like the, the general strike happens. So it's really having an impact there. And we'll kind of see what unfolds there. Um, also, uh, so moving on from the, that, uh, we got the drone attack in Jordan. Um, so there was a... Really there was a there was somebody nominally aligned to Iran who did a drone strike on. But it wasn't the Houthis. But it wasn't the Houthis, which we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, exactly. That's Jesus. somebody else aligned with. That's Iran, how much nominally. shit's going on, people. We didn't even talk about that. But like the drone attack in Jordan, Houthi. like it, there was, seemed to be some confusion about the drone, like that they thought it was a U.S. drone, but maybe it wasn't. Well, obviously it wasn't. Um, there's talk of uh, some sort of response to that. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who's apparently back from the hospital, expressed outrage and sorrow. You know, all those sort of things. Prostate Austin. Yeah. Um, so we don't really, there hasn't been any response that we're aware of at this point. Um, but something to keep an eye on in terms of the overall regional conflict that we have going on. That You know, you know we've got what's going on in Israel. We've got what's going on with the Houthis. We've got what's going on with, you know, other proxies of Iran, as we've been told. So, uh, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, it is kind of interesting. And so what, what we'll see here is the kind of what's the response? Because there's always like, oh, here's what the response could be. And the response to the could-be response and Donald Trump's response to the could-be response. Yeah. Uh, but you don't I, want I, Trump in charge of all this shit, though. I'm just no, telling you. No, no, no. Um, all right. So local local stuff, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, let's do, let's, do right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get in. Right, right. Let's get in. Let's get uh, in. Neighborville City Councilman Josh okay. McBroom. I love that name. Which is, I mean, if it, I was going to have an AI make up a name, I would hope it'd come up with Josh McBroom. <laughs> uh, exactly. So in Naperville, for those who don't know, is a suburb on the western side of. No, it's an exurb, right? It's. It is 30 miles west. It, I think it's still a suburb, but it is like right on that fringe of what is a suburb and what is um, not. And it is, you know, consistently rated one of the safest, best places in the country to be. It is. Uh, I, I've been there. Yeah. I'd rather be here. Yeah. I used to work <laughs> out there, actually. True story. My first job in Illinois was in Naperville, which we call Naperthrill, ironically. Ah, uh, Yes. They do have the Eye of Sauron. I recommend you look it up. And it's, you know, because it's an exurb, you've got, you know, sort of suburbanish feeling areas, but also ruralish areas. Yes. And the city council there is a mix of more conservative and more liberal folks. So Josh McBroom, and here's, here's going to be the guess. I'll tell you what he said. And then you guess, okay. conservative or liberal. Okay, go. Josh McBroom. Conservative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess white guy from the service. But uh, <laughs> don't jump. He, he gets up. Hey, maybe I maybe to, this I, could I, be a I chart. was briefly a white guy from the suburbs. It happens. Um, he gets up in a city council meeting and he says, look, he's like, the migrant problem is a problem. And Naperville is feeling it because, you know, Texas sending uh, migrants to Illinois. Uh, there are now ordinances in Chicago that they shouldn't be dropped off there. So they're being dropped off in Naperville to be put on the train into the city. And 
He so, gets, and just let me be clear here, um, so they're not in Naperville per se. No, not really. Okay, all right. Just want to yeah, make sure I didn't miss that. Okay. So yeah. he gets up there and he says, look, we're affluent. We're wealthy. We all have houses that are bigger than our families. We should be housing these folks, right? Right, everybody? We should be housing these folks. Let's pass around a sign-up sheet to get people to sign up to house migrants. I mean, My question for yeah. you is, conservative yeah. or progressive? Go. Uh, using a very liberal argument as a conservative is my guess. That's correct, sir. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Uh, and I win. Now, what part did I two, win? conservative reaction to his statement. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh... I mean, something along the lines of "fuck no," but like, what? What? what oh was yeah, that? absolutely. Yeah. Leopards ate my face. <laughs> Everybody's saying they're going to vote him off. They started a recall petition about it. I love it. justice is served. <laughs> Just got. You know, love here's it. the thing. Like, you know what? You know, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Uh, it, is, it is, and and another thing to know about Naperville. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a complete right turn for this podcast. But I've read a few times Naperville and no judgment here whatsoever. Swinger capital of the United States. I'm judging, but only in the affirmative. I think that's great. Good yeah, for that's, them. Good, that's good for them. Right. You'll let um, anybody else into your bedrooms, just not the migrants. Oh. <laughs> Maybe if they're married. But, hey, Naperville, FYI, a lot of the migrants are from predominantly Catholic countries, so they're probably married. That's in your target demographic. Uh, Moving on. That's the funniest thing I've said. Uh, For those of you who are looking forward to voting for Trump in uh, in the primary in Illinois, I know so many of you listen to this podcast. Uh, You're You're in luck. Uh, the Illinois State Board of Elections voted unanimously uh, to dismiss a challenge to his uh, candidacy on the ballot. So uh, he will be on there. Um, I have mixed feelings on it once again, but uh, I'm glad it's settled. And uh, come March when I'm acting as a, uh, a uh, what is it I'm doing? A poll worker? Probably poll worker, poll that's worker. the thing I'm doing. Uh, an election judge, that was the term I was going there for. There you go. I will, I will allow you to vote for him because I don't actually have a choice. Well, here's the question. Why. Let me just honestly, um, we get to March. What do you do? Are you going to vote in the Democratic? Because we could vote anywhere. Democratic primary I will for... I vote in the uh, Democratic primary for, for Joe Biden. Um, I did, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm like, ah. Like, I will vote because it's what I feel like I need to do. And I don't feel like any of the other candidate. Like, you know what? If there was, like, some fringe, like, actually, like, lefty person running for that, I might throw them a bone. But but the people who are running in, in opposition to Biden are, are not great. No, yeah, so, absolutely not. And I uh, didn't vote for Biden in our primary last time. Yes. I was all in on Elizabeth Warren. So... Uh, our final local bit and our final item of the podcast, uh, there was a vote 
in the city council on a yeah. resolution calling for a ceasefire in the uh, war in uh, Israel and Palestine. And uh, the city council had a 23-23 tie vote. Yeah. And uh, Mayor Johnson came in, broke the tie in favor of uh, voting for a ceasefire. Um, which I, I support that. It obviously doesn't have any actual meaning or impact, but it's. I feel like it's at least a nice encouragement of hey, like there's some some people who are on board with that. And I, I so yeah. I've got to say, this has been going on for a while. So Deborah Silverstein, the only Jewish member of the city council, was trying to get a, and we talked about this on the podcast, uh, trying to get a resolution in support of Israel, and it turned into a shit show. Yeah. This has turned into a shit show. Everything's, yeah. And shout out to students in Chicago who packed City Hall in support of a ceasefire resolution. I Not shout out. the children are our future. Yeah. To Teach the aldermen well who, again, let them lead the framed way. this as a binary. Let us be absolutely clear. The Chicago City Council has less than no influence on foreign policy of the United States. Yes. And that is right. Like there isn't even a weird good. like sister city connection here no. that we can use. Like I do not want a single member, maybe Matt Martin, other than Matt Martin, to have any influence on US foreign policy. Why the fuck have we spent three city council meetings? Right, and, and I will say there is a, there's definitely a like why are we why are we like could you have a, a, an angry campaign over naming a post office like it does uh, feel sure. a little bit like or could I we mean, just get back to naming the snow plows yeah. please <laughs> plowy uh, McPlow face fine. So they did recently come out with a list of potential uh, snowplow names, yeah. and they were delightful uh, as usual. But, but it passed today. Um, you know, some people not voting at all. Yeah. So 23-23 is not, doesn't add up to 50, Does ladies not. and gentlemen. No. So anyhow. Um, and, and this is, we should also note that Mayor Johnson in recent polling had an approval rate of, do you remember do tell. what it was? I'm going to guess it wasn't very good. Just do an over-under. I would say, if I'm going to do an over-under, under. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go with 46. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm optimistic, I mean, apparently. 46 would have been a dream. Yeah. 46 is 108% above. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was not great. No. It's not great. You know, and I, and I will say, if, if a pollster asked me if I approved of, here's, a, here's the frustration is I, I disapprove of how he's been handling some things, but I approve of some of the things that he's done, but I would probably be a net disfavor on that. Yeah. I mean, for reasons hard. that would probably not be captured in the local news coverage of my sure. vote. Sure, 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 sure. My polling choice. It's not wow. a vote. That's something different that actually so, matters. Uh, so I've got to tell you this. While we've been on the podcast, while we're recording, 
Oh, we tell are, me we have a verdict. We are hammering the F5, waiting for Damn a it. verdict in Trump's civil fraud trial. And it's pissing me off because I was like, we're going to wait until today. We're going to wait until Judge Ergoan lays down the smack. It's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about it. It's going to come out like five minutes after we're done recording. So, ladies and gentlemen, hit that F5 for us. Yeah, exactly. We're going to stop. We're going to wish you a good night. Stay warm. Stay safe. Vote blue. Stay true. Share truth to everybody, but not truth to Don't sniff glue. It's fine. It's fine. Just occasionally. Keep it in moderation. It's dry January, Don't get the flu. Don't get the flu. Anything else that rhymes. And uh, we'll see you on the next time. And we'll talk right. about the $300 Welcome million. Welcome to dis- all the fucks 2024. Todos. Good night.